Hello everyone, welcome to Sports Talk with Tonsoni. I'm your host, Brian Tonsoni. This episode, we'll take a look at the best teams in college football and discuss the possible scenarios for a college football playoff as the first college football playoff rankings will come out on November 5th. That, along with local college football update, what to watch in the upcoming week, and another one of B-Rent's takes is on the agenda for this episode. For more information on this podcast and other sports, please read our work at sportstalkwithtonsoni.com and follow us on Twitter at SportsTons. Please let us know your thoughts. We, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and most other podcast hosts. This episode was recorded on October 16th. Before we begin this episode, here is a word from one of our sponsors. And we're back here at Sports Talk with Tonsoni. So a few things happening in the world of sports this week. Major League Baseball Championship Series are underway. The Washington Nationals have defeated the St. Louis Cardinals four to nothing, four games to nothing, and move on to the World Series, where they will be awaiting the New York Yankees and Houston Astros, where the Astros are ahead two games to one, uh, pending the end of their series, which is facing a little bit of weather out east at the time of this recording. October baseball is a lot of fun to watch, so make sure that you tune in for the rest of the championship series and the World Series. The NFL, they're having major issues with officiating. Each game, it seems, that I've tuned into has been marred by the sheer number of penalties called in each game. And then on top of that, there seem to be a high number of key missed calls, two or three each game. Officiating is very hard. There's a high level of athleticism and skill on the field in a variety of sports. Of sports. However, there must be a flow to the games that we watch, and penalties that are called often affect the flow of such games. Something has to change in the NFL. The games are almost unwatchable. As for in the state of Indiana, there's a lot of college football going on. Purdue defeated Maryland 40-14 to last Saturday when backup quarterback Jack Plummer threw for 420 yards and three touchdowns. Tight end Bryce Hopkins caught 10 passes for 140 yards, and freshman David Bell, wide receiver, caught nine passes for 138 yards and two TDs. The Boilermaker defense um, held the Maryland big play offense to just 14 points. The two and four Boilers traveled to Iowa this Saturday. In the southern part of the state, the Indiana Hoosiers improved to four and two, defeating Rutgers 35 to nothing. Linebacker Raekwon Jones started the game off right with a fumble return for a touchdown on the game's first play from scrimmage. Michael Penix threw for 282 yards and three TDs. Uh, Watt Fillier had another great game at wide receiver with 10 catches for 182 yards. And running back Stevie Scott got going with 12 carries for 164 yards. The Indiana Hoosiers will travel to Maryland and looking for their fifth win. The Ball State Cardinals defeated Eastern Michigan 29-23. Running back Caleb Huntley rushed for 152 yards in the win, and the Cardinals will host Toledo next week. Notre Dame defeated USC 30-27. They were led by running back Tony Jones, who rushed for over 176 yards. Notre Dame got off to a quick 20-6 lead, but had to withstand a late Trojan rally to go 5-1 on the season. Notre Dame is off this week, preparing for a big game at Michigan. The Indian State Sycamores also won their game and moved to 3-3 three and three on the season. If you're looking for a college pick'em, check out our article on DelphiBracketology.com. 
We pick 12 winners straight up, and we give you a few teams to watch for upset. So if you're interested in the money line, since you can bet now in the state of Indiana, check out who we pick to win. And it's now time for B-Rent's Take. What's on your mind, B-Rent? Thanks for having me back on again. Appreciate being on the podcast every single week. As we're talking college football, it really got me thinking one of my favorite college football traditions, and that is the tailgating. And I'm going to talk about, in my eyes, what the appropriate length a tailgate should be. In my eyes, I'm a little more crazy than other people, but in my eyes, you should extend the tailgate as long as possible, whether it's a new game, 3.30 game, game under the lights, extend it as long as possible. I usually like, uh, I think a good length is eight hours before kickoff. So maybe get out there by noon if it's an 8 o'clock start. If it's a 12 o'clock start, get out there by 5 or 6 a.m. Uh, it's never too early to start a tailgate. Now, one piece of advice I would give is don't be that fan that will get to the tailgate about three hours before kickoff and then keep tailgating during the game. I don't like those type of fans. I think you should just party and have cold beverages with your friends for as long as possible but still go in and support your team during the game. Uh, and don't be that guy still in the parking lot during the game. Support your school, but tailgate and have a great time before kickoff. And that is my record this week. Thanks, Brent. We always appreciate what you have to say. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you again soon. A few weeks ago, uh, B. Rant and I discussed a possible eight-team college playoff. In reality, that's not going to take place anytime soon. However, the four-team playoff is here to stay. The college football playoff rankings will be released for the first time on Tuesday, November 5th. But we are going to go ahead and get a head start uh, with this episode. So we're going to take a look at the seven undefeated teams from the power conferences. We appreciate Boise State, SMU, uh, Minnesota is from a power conference, but we're not sure uh, if those teams undefeated at the end of the year will be able to make uh, hay in the four-man, four-team playoffs. So we're going to look at this kind of like a bracketology on the men's basketball side. We're going to kind of look at the strength of schedule, the big wins that teams have had, look at their offense and defensive rankings, evaluate the wins, the losses, the close losses, bad losses, and also we have to think who are just the better teams. So let's take a look at these seven teams. We'll start off with the Clemson Tigers. Uh, Right now, as far as the strength of schedule, I think Clemson is behind the eight ball. The ACC is not very strong this year, and there's simply very few games left on the schedule for Clemson to really get marquee wins. Uh, Their best win right now is Texas A&M by 14. They had a real close win on the road against North Carolina, a team that's 3-3. and And North Carolina failed on a two-point conversion at the end. So Clemson has to be up for consideration. But Louisville, Boston College, Wake Forest, North Carolina State, South Carolina, uh, those teams, Wofford in the middle of that, that does not add to the strength of schedule. So Clemson is in the top seven. We'll talk about where we find them at in our rankings here when we get done. The next team to look at is Oklahoma Sooners. They just defeated uh, currently number 15, Texas. But Texas, their two losses to Oklahoma and LSU, that, that's a pretty good win for Oklahoma. The best thing for the Sooners going on right now is their scoring margin and a quarterback by the name of Jalen Hurts. 
Uh, they are ranked first offensively. If their defense can toughen up uh, and improve on their 41st uh, ranking, they definitely will be in the mix. Their schedule's not really that great either. Uh, they have right now Baylor is ranked at number 18 left on their schedule. But if they uh, run the table and maybe beat Texas again uh, in the Big 12 playoff, uh, they also can have a chance. You get to next team is Ohio State, and, and their offense and defensive efficiency is the best or their ranking, whatever football does, seventh offensively and second defensively. I think their game scores and the way they've looked in the eye test, Ohio State definitely should be in the four if it were looked at at the season's end right now. And and that's a good point, too. In our bracketology work at Delphi Bracketology, we look at what has happened, not what's going to happen, and not try to predict wins and losses. But if the season were to end now, where would that be? And I know some people say that's not a, a perfect picture, but the results are the results. And we can then say if they continue winning, uh, here's what's going to boost them up. If they lose, then we can make adjustments. But Ohio State has defeated Cincinnati, who is 5-1 and one, at the time Cincinnati was ranked and are moving back up in the rankings. Michigan State was ranked, uh, and both those games were blowouts, beating Cincinnati 42 to nothing, beating Michigan State 34 to 10. They blew out Indiana on the road, who is 4-2. And, and, and if they run the table, they, they play Wisconsin in two weeks, number six. They play Penn State, who's ranked number seventh. And they have Michigan at Michigan, number 16. So there's an opportunity to have four or five top 25 wins by the end of the season. Ohio State is a major player. And everyone talks about the SEC having two teams available, uh, but maybe it's the Big Ten uh, with Wisconsin and Penn State. We're going to look at Wisconsin. They defeated uh, number 16 Michigan uh, by 21 points. They defeated Michigan State by 38, who had been ranked. Their offense is 38th, but they have the best defense in the country. They do have a chance at Ohio State. They play number 23, Iowa, and they play also ranked Minnesota, who is undefeated at the end of the year. Uh, they could add to their schedule, and then, of course, the Big Ten Championship will be added too. I'm afraid with Ohio State and Wisconsin playing and possibly having a, a another rematch, I think one of those teams is likely to have two losses if the other goes undefeated, and if they split games, uh, then that's really going to be tough for the committee. But I think Wisconsin, the way they've played and the way they've dominated, should be in consideration. Our, our next team is uh, the LSU Tigers, and the Tigers have the best resume if you talk about resumes. They have defeated, uh, at the time, number nine, Texas, by seven on the road. They defeated number seven, Florida, by 14 at home. They have the second-rated offense, which has always been a problem for the LSU Tigers, 25th-ranked defense in the country, and their schedule is set up. They have Auburn and Alabama back-to-back -back, and then a potential game in the SEC championship. If LSU can find a way to beat Auburn and Alabama going into the SEC championship undefeated, I think they'll be pretty good. But as it stands now, they have the best resume. Alabama is sixth offensively and 36th defensively. Their best wins are Texas A&M and South Carolina. So if you look at it as of the season right now, they don't have a lot of quality wins. They're, they have two games to watch, LSU and Auburn as well. And, and that division in the SEC is going to produce a, a, a real winner. 
in the final four championship, but also the, the runner-up in that division will also possibly be in. Penn State, a little bit on the looking out. They had a nice win on the road at 17, Iowa. They defeated a nice Pittsburgh club as well. They do have Michigan, uh, Minnesota, uh, and Ohio State to boost their resume coming up. Um, they have the fourth best defense in the country. And those are the seven undefeated teams as we see them now. So from a bracketology perspective, if we were simply going based on what they have done, not the eye test, not the future possible opponents, I re we really could see something like this. LSU number one, Ohio State number two, Oklahoma number three, Alabama number four, Wisconsin number five, and Clemson number six, and Penn State number seven. Clemson, I think, is in, if you look at it, what have you done currently this year? Clemson would not make the final four. I think Wisconsin has defeated teams that are better than Alabama, although you could argue Texas A&M, South Carolina, is that equal to Michigan, Michigan State, and Alabama's track history? Uh, if you go better defense, um, Wisconsin. But I would lean towards Alabama. So that would be uh, right now an LSU-Alabama 1-4 matchup versus uh, Ohio State and Oklahoma 2-3 matchup. And that's just based on big wins. They all have either a really great offense or a really great defense. They've all beaten a team or two that's pretty good. But LSU has two top ten wins. Um, Ohio State has big margins of victory. Uh, Oklahoma has a big win. Uh, and so those three right now for us separate. Uh, and then you have Clemson, Alabama, and Wisconsin. We also see a bunch of one-loss teams. Notre Dame um, right now has not really beaten anybody. Uh, their loss at Georgia doesn't look good right now because Georgia just lost to South Carolina. You have three SEC teams who will always stay in the mix, Florida, Auburn, and Georgia. Uh, Florida with a tough loss at LSU is still not out of it if they run the table. Auburn has a chance in the future. Again, if we're looking right now, I think Auburn uh, defeating Oregon is a big, big plus, which probably moves them up uh, as the best one-loss team. But Florida beat Auburn. And then you have Georgia who beat Notre Dame. So if we're looking at this, it's probably, um, I would say, Florida, Auburn, Notre Dame, Georgia. And you have the, the Pac-12 sitting there. You have Oregon and Utah, both one losses. Oregon lost to Auburn in game one. If they run the table and, and were able to beat Utah in a championship, again, if we look at it right now, Oregon and Utah don't have quite the wins, strength of schedule to make it in there, but you've got to watch these one-loss teams. If you look at the eye test, it's really hard not to put Clemson and Alabama. Uh, I'm a big proponent of you have to play well during the season. Uh, if it were up to a preseason ranking and, and the number of five stars and who's on the roster, then you could have that decided before the first ball is kicked off in late August. And when you have seven quality teams like this, the difficult aspect for us in Delphi Bracketology or fans up here in, in, in our group that talk sports 
is what do you do with an SEC that's that's loaded? If uh, if LSU does beat Alabama and Auburn beats LSU, you have a bunch of one-loss teams. How do you how do you decipher that? And is it really fair um, to have two or three teams from one conference in if uh, you know Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Clemson all go undefeated? And the last big question that we have for our listeners is what if is there a chance that Clemson goes undefeated and does not make the college football playoff? It seems unreasonable given their track history and the number of championship games that they've been in and the quality of their quarterback and running back and offense and defense. They have the 12th best offense. They have the number three defense. They're a quality football team, but they didn't play anybody, and the ACC is down. And we hear all the time about the Pac-12 not being strong and the conference isn't strong, so the winner out there can't be considered does that still play for Clemson? And, and I, I think it has to. If, if Clemson runs the table and Oklahoma loses and Ohio State has a loss, I can see an undefeated Clemson getting in. But if Oklahoma's undefeated, Ohio State's undefeated, I think those two teams deserve to be in just based on better schedules and better performances. And then I do think the SEC is headed for two – conference teams getting into the four. I, I just – Alabama, LSU, Auburn, I think one's going to win and go to the SEC championship and win the SEC championship, and the other's not going to have a, a 13th game to play. But I think they're going to they're gonna be right there and probably deserve to be in that discussion. And that's the scenario where I see right now that Clemson is on the outside. If you take where are we now – you add the eye test and the, the offense and defensive stats, and you add the future schedule and try to predict a little bit, uh, unless there is some wild chaos, and there usually is, uh, I, think, I think Clemson is going to have a difficult time, and the Tiger fans have to do some scoreboard watching. I, I think the Ohio State-Wisconsin game, being at Ohio State, I think Ohio State simply is just too much there. I think that'll separate itself. And if Ohio State beats um, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Michigan, I think that, that's, a, that's a no-brainer. So uh, the team that I would think has an outside chance of, of moving into the playoff is um, one of the, is one of the uh, SEC schools with one loss, Florida, Auburn, Georgia, given an LSU losing twice or an Alabama losing twice. If Alabama loses to LSU and Auburn, I think you can see an Auburn replace an Alabama. And if you followed this podcast and some of my writing in other places, my goal is to replace Alabama and Clemson with four new teams and have a new playoff system to get the fans back to being interested in the college football playoff. So maybe that's some bias that I have uh, against Clemson. And, and it was extremely hard for me to, to rank Clemson number fifth, but I just think uh, that's where they are. So one LSU, two Ohio State, three Alabama, four Oklahoma, five Clemson, six Wisconsin, and I think your three – four, five teams all are real close. I think LSU and Ohio State clearly are the best two teams at, at this point. So time will tell. There's some great matchups coming up for uh, college football. So 
that'll do it for our show this week. We appreciate you tuning in. Check out our work on uh, Sports Talk with Tonsoni. We don't have a lot on there. Check out our work on Delphi Bracketology, ouryoungmen.com. DelphiBracketology.com, our, our young men are starting with their basketball coverage. They've been doing some football coverage. It's, it's not the ESPN or CBS sports coverage, but it is a good take from some people who really enjoy sports. And when you start looking at bracketology, like the college football, and you start wanting to know where your favorite basketball team might be seated, I think Delphi Bracketology has a pretty good track record of being real close and, and, and doing really well in, in picking those things. So, Make sure you check us out. Um, we're at Delphi Brackets for Delphi Bracketology on Twitter, at SportsTons. And so uh, check in, leave us a note what you like, what you agree with, what you disagree with, and we will see you next week.